Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. Welcome to your Tuesday Rush Hour. Indeed, it is Bo Snurdly. James Golden here with you. If you'd like to be part of the program today... 800-848-WABC is the number to call. 800-848-9222. Lead item today. Your friends and mine, the Democrats, pounce on GOP woke waste attacks. The culture wars, my friend, according to The Hill, have entered into the budget battle. GOP leaders are taking aim at woke spending. And Democrats are pushing back with charges of bigotry. What else do they ever have? What else? What else is in their arsenal? Everything that happens is due to bigotry in one form or another, almost everything, if you are following the Democrat Party playbook. Democrats are pouncing, pouncing, as Republicans sharpen their focus on what they call woke waste in the federal budget, targeting programs ranging from funds for transgender immigrants in Los Angeles to a nature trail named for Michelle Obama, in Georgia. The items were included in a list unveiled earlier this month by Republicans on the House Budget Committee, which identified areas of wasteful spending GOP leaders are hoping to eliminate as part of their broader goal of balancing the budget within a decade. Republicans are defending the focus on wokeness saying they're working to safeguard taxpayers from a federal government that's abused its authority. Blah, 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 blah. Yet, here's the payoff line, yet, Democrats see something more sinister. They're accusing GOP leaders of targeting minority benefit programs, Not because they're expensive, but because the fight energizes their conservative base. It's very exemplary of their approach, which is a blend of cutting support to working-class families while also lacing into bigotry and racism, said Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, a member of the liberal squad. The real goal, she said, is to distract from the actual economic impact, negative economic impact that they are having on working families. Who among the New York delegation has had more of a negative impact than the aforementioned 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. One word comes to mind, ladies and gentlemen. The word is very often accompanied by a smiley face. Amazon. Amazon. Search your memory banks. And remember that Amazon was considering headquartering in New York City, moving all the way from liberal old Seattle, where homeless people are on almost every street with an encampment that you can see for miles and miles around, where there has long since, in days gone past, there used to be law and order in Seattle, not anymore. Not in over a decade, actually. So Amazon finally said, enough, no mas. We want to get out. We want to find a new place. We want a prime location. And Amazon, looking for prime, decided, let's look at New York. And who opened her yap? None other than Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to complain that Amazon had no business looking to headquarter in the glorious, beautiful city of New York. Why, it would be detrimental. It would be horrible. It would be blasphemous to have that big, smiley Amazon on a New York City building. And what happened? After complaint, after complaint, after complaint, that smiley, upright smile at Amazon turned into a frown. And Amazon said, screw this. I, we are not coming to New York. When Amazon left a place that they had never really been, they took with it jobs, lots of jobs, lots of high-paying jobs that would have helped to stabilize New York's tax base, which was already suffering from their woke COVID policies, which had driven Scores of wealthy individuals who could afford to move out of the city to the free state of Florida, to the freer state of Texas, to the free state anywhere freer than New York, which is a lot of places. And so Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez now opens that big yap and starts complaining that Republicans, you see, Republicans are trying to hide behind wokeness to distract people from their real agenda, which is to hurt working families. You already did that, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You already hurt, hurt so many working families that it's hard to believe that you can't find a mirror to look in. Now, speaking of woke, and then we shall take a little break. 
because it is Tuesday, and that means America's undocumented anchorman will be joining us, the one, the only, Mark Stein. Speaking of woke, there is an article today, BizPack Review, about the sexually explicit books that Florida is working diligently to remove from public schools. It turns out, ladies and gentlemen, that there are over a hundred, hundred, one hundred books, sexually, one hundred titles in Florida schools sexually explicit. Now, what do you say could be explicit? Well, this story is full of examples. Let's just any, meeny, miny, mo kind of pick one. Let's just see where we land. Let's just, here's one. This book is gay. Is described as an informational book about growing up in the LGBTQ plus community. It includes a section about the, quote, ins and outs, the ins and outs of gay sex, according to source books. A page from that book defines sex terminology. And this is for Florida children. Things like rimming, scat, scissor sisters, and strap-ons. Now, I didn't grow up with these kind of terms, so let me turn to my faithful staff who know everything about these things that us old folks don't know about. Scott. How can I help? What is rimming? Rimming? Is it the R-I-M-M-I-N-G? That's how it's spelled. Uh, I don't think we can talk about that. Oh. Ryan, what is rimming? I don't know what these words mean. What is rimming? Bo, I think your guess is as good as mine. I have no idea either. <laughs> Jason? Is it something to do with basketball? No, I don't think so. I think we can all safely imagine what Scissor Sisters are. And some of us might even be able to talk about strap-ons. I have no idea from personal experience what a strap-on is. However, these are the things in the textbooks, in the woke textbooks in Florida that they're trying to get rid of. And Democrats are pouncing on Republicans saying they're bigoted for wanting to get rid of. I know. We'll ask Mark Stein what these things are when we get back. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly, here on Tuesday's Rush Hour. Please don't go away, especially, especially if you don't know some of these New terms that have come about in the past few years. We'll be right back. Talk Radio 77 WABC. He's always mistakenly British. Teen Crumpets. Cheerio. But he's really a Canuck. Known on all seven continents. Oh, I know who you are. America's undocumented anchorman. He's a recording star and a TV star. Tuesdays, James Golden, 
a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, presents Mark Stein. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, America's undocumented anchorman joins us. And we have questions. <laughs> Mark? Yeah, you're just asking me about the uh, ins and outs of gay sex because I'm foreign, aren't I? This is that American assumption that anybody with a foreign accent is a practicing homosexual. I know where you're going with this. I was making no such, I mean, Oscar Wilde, I mean, you don't know, uh, uh, Mark. Uh, yeah, yeah. These okay. terms, these, these books that are in Florida schools, these woke books that people are saying should stay in schools, uh, uh, teaching children all kind of things. I don't know some of these terms. <laughs> <laughs> I find that very hard to believe. <laughs> okay, uh, I won't. I won't press the issue. No, <laughs> no, I, I own. I, what were they again? You were talking about uh, rimming. Really? I think that's something. Isn't that something to do with American football? I'm pretty <laughs> sure. I'm pretty. And uh, what was the other one? Strap, strap, on. strap on. Strap on. Strap on is a rapper. He did a <laughs> duet with Rihanna at the halftime show a couple of weeks back. Strap on. I love him. I got all his albums. And, and I wonder after did Strap on actually sniff his own fingers too? <laughs> strap, Strap, believe me, Strap on doesn't need to do that. Say uh, he's you know, very. I, do you know I, what I find so odd about this? These are books that are be are in the classroom of American schoolhouses. Now I I had uh, the misfortune to go to an English boys' school where you had to pick up the ins and outs of gay sex in your own time recess, uh, which is what they'd uh, call it. So, you know, you'd see a couple of the lads sort of uh, emerging from the back of the bicycle sheds with a slightly flushed look on their face. Uh, and the idea was that if you were into gay sex, you had to pick it up on your own time because the classroom was meant to be for history and Latin. Now the gay sex is being taught in the classroom, and if you want to pick up a little bit of history and Latin, you have to duck out behind the bicycle sheds during recess and pick it up on your own time. That's how nutso the, and how inverted uh, the entire educational system. The idea that you would have to... I can tell you something, having been to an English boys' school, and, uh, you know, if you're uh, out camping in the moors with the... Uh, uh, with the cadets, the military cadets, as I did, and you and you you were trying to sleep, and a couple of the other fellows were getting a little frisky down the far end of the tent. The idea that you would have to teach gay sex in schools would be absolutely incredible. Anyone who's into gay sex figures it out pretty quickly. The idea that you oh we uh, no we were going to start teaching it in fifth grade, but it's so complicated. I think we should prepare children by starting to teach it in pre-K. Uh, this is not this is this is bonkers. There's no education in American education. That's the basic problem. It's a great place to go to pick up. Oh, and now <laughs> Miss Scroggins today is going to teach the second graders all about using a strap-on. It's pretty obvious to everyone except you, James, when you see a strap-on, what it's for and where it goes. You don't need to teach it. 
<sighs> Mark, you are a national anthem. I hope that you were insulted by this because I think we would find it insulting if someone changes a word in your national anthem. Mm. The singer, Jelly Black, I've never heard of her before, mm-hmm. but she's very popular, I guess, up and she's a legendary Canadian yes. singer and songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she sang the Canadian national anthem at the All-Star game, hmm. and then she decides to change the words. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I, <laughs> do you know, she sang the, 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 uh, the, the there was a poll. There was a poll uh, a couple of years ago that found out that 83% of Americans knew the first line of the Star Spangled Banner whereas only 41% of Canadians knew the first line of O Canada, which is odd because the first line of O Canada is O Canada. So it wasn't a great result. The second line is O Canada, our home and native land. And this singer at the NBA game uh, changed it to our home on native land, i.e. implying... Uh, that the white man stole it all from the Indians and the Inuits. And I resent this slightly because 20 years ago, the last time they were going on about rewriting O Canada, I made this joke in the newspaper, in the National Post of Canada. I just sort of throw away line. I said, O Canada, this is what they should change it to. O Canada, our home on native land. Uh, You know, everybody laughs and then turns the page. This woman is getting hailed as a hero for changing that word, our home on native land. It reminds me of something. Uh, The great Broadway director, George Abbott, the director of uh, Pajama Game and Damn Yankees and on and on and on, he told me long, long ago, the quickest way to make a million dollars is to take the thing that makes you laugh the most and play it for real. Because he'd he'd done this play in the 1920s uh, called Coquette, which was all about the morals of the Old South, you know, shotgun weddings and things like that. And it was written as a comedy, and in previews it was terrible. Nobody laughed at the comedy. And then he had this inspiration three days before opening night to just play it for real as a melodrama, and everybody in the audience is suddenly weeping with la- uh, we- weeping with emotion. They're crying, they're howling. And that's what this was. She took my 20-year-old joke and she's making a million dollars out of it by playing it for real. I can't. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving up on O Canada. They should have made the Maple Leaf Forever uh, Canada's national anthem. Well, speaking of people making money, Al Gore is rich beyond belief. And one of the things that Al Gore has done is come up with a nice little green-friendly investment firm. And it owns more than $26 billion worth of share in about two dozen companies that have been found to, guess what, increase gas emissions, greenhouse gases. In other words, he's becoming a multi-billionaire by the help of polluting the earth. Yeah, and no yeah. one finds it strange, I suppose. No, he needs he needs more money to fly around in his private plane, spreading the message that you uh, should be riding the bus and throwing out your uh, washing machine and beating your clothes dry down on the rocks by the river with the village women folk every Tuesday. That's the thing. He is. 
He needs all this money to be able to fly around telling you not to get on a plane to Florida. And so because of that, uh, he needs more money than you do. And the way for him to get more money to preach his message of environmental responsibility is by investing in big polluting companies that make him a lot of money because of all the pollution they generate. So then he can tell you, the little person, not to go polluting. And that's that's environmentalism in a nutshell. Have you had a he's the carbon footprint of Al Gore's home? Have you had a look at him watching tracking all the pollution in his in his home office? He's got like all these banks of computers because he's he's like Blofeld uh, uh, in the Bond films. He's got a supervillain lair in his house <laughs> and the electricity required for it. He's he spends at his at his mansion in Tennessee or wherever it is, he 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 blows through the average person's lifetime carbon footprint in about six weeks. It's different for him because he has been endowed with these this intellectual insight that enables him to fly around the world in private planes, telling you just to stay home, ride the bus, eat locusts eat crickets and don't pollute that's his message i was stunned mark in the new york times of all places to find a story critical about joe biden's promises that he's made to hold the line on social security and and medicare and that what stunned me was the numbers i knew that the cbo had said okay look we're going broken these things <laughs> but the numbers the, over three decades, Social Security yeah. is scheduled to pay benefits of $21 trillion greater yeah. than they can collect in. Medicare yeah. Yeah. is projected to run $48 trillion yeah. deficit. Yeah. No, the thing about it, though, is this goes back to what you were talking about at the top of the show, about all the people are. People don't, the minute you say trillion, people don't get it. Because it used to be just a word you heard in astronomy. And then the United States became the first country in the history of the planet to have it as a budget item. It had never, that, that word trillion had never been in a budget until the United States came along. And it's so unreal to most people, they can't even think about it. Whereas all this woke stuff, if you say, Oh yes, we're uh, we're introducing we, we're spending uh, three hundred and forty thousand on um, Michelle. O. What, what is it? They're build, they're her, her, her trail, a her nature trail. trail. The Michelle Obama trail. I was getting confused because uh, Barack Obama's Kenyan brother managed to get some money uh, to put up a uh, Barack Obama senior memorial latrine on an interstate between Sudan and Kenya that <laughs> you U.S. taxpayers wound up paying for. Uh, Lois Lada approved that in nothing flat um, at the IRS. And uh, the thing is that people could grasp that. Like, I don't know whether we need a Barack Obama memorial latrine. Uh, people can grasp it. But the minute you say $48 trillion dollars, uh, nobody. Oh, it's so big. You might as well spend it because nobody knows what it is. And eventually no one's going to do anything about this. One day we're all just going to wake up and we'll discover that the entire country has fallen off the cliff and we're all in a big pile of rubble at the bottom because nobody 
uh, on e- if you talk to anyone in Washington and look in their to their eyes and you say forty eight trillion, you can see in their eyes they have no intention of doing anything about that. Well, combined, it's sixty nine trillion dollars projected <laughs> deficit. <laughs> Which is yes, sixty nine projected. So we know that when it actually rolls up, it'll be two hundred and sixty nine trillion dollars. And nobody knows what comes after a trillion, whatever it is, cotillion. I don't know what it is, but that's uh, that's whatever it is. They get they're going to have to you start using that word soon, and it'll be some other astronomical term uh, that is uh, used for some uh, galaxy however many bazillion light years away, and that will start turning up in uh, budget uh, line items. This stuff only ends at the bottom of the cliff. Well, before all of that happens and we fall off the cliff, we should invite people to join us in the merry month of July, hotter than July. When it's hotter than July all over the United States of America, you can be with us hanging out in the Adriatic, in the beautiful Adriatic, on a cruise. Why not tell people how to go about joining us in July? You and I are going to be cruising uh, from Italy uh, down the Adriatic, Croatia, Montenegro to Greece. Montenegro, by the way, that's an interesting place. They don't have trillion in any of their budgets, in any of their government budgets. They don't know what a trillion is. That's what such a beautiful cruise it's going to be. We're going to uh, go to a land entirely unspoilt by trillion-dollar budget items. And uh, there'll be you, and there'll be me, and there'll be uh, one of my my favorite female presidential candidate of this millennium so far, and that is Michelle Buckman will be joining us. We're going to have a lot of fun, and you can find out more about it by going to Mark Stein Cruise. That's Stein, S-T-E-Y-N, MarkSteinCruise.com. Mark, we will look forward to speaking with you next Tuesday, see what else is in the news. And by then, some of us may have discovered the definitions of those words that we tossed out yeah. a little bit have, earlier. Ha- have a listen to Strap-On's last album. You'll, really, you'll be playing it in the car. I bet you'll love that one. <laughs> James Golden, A.K. Snurley, coming back. Your call's coming up. Don't go away. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Talk Radio 77 WABC. James Golden, known popularly as Bo Snurdly. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Rush. WABC Talk Radio 77 in New York. 
Silva Convention brings us back. Fly, Robin, fly. Yeah, get out your platform shoes, your bell bottoms. California, in the news. California Beach City, I tell you what, the Chinese are not going to like this. The communists over there in China, they are not going to like this. California Beach City, we're talking about Laguna Beach, a weighing legislation that would ban balloons. No more balloons. Stunning ocean views, rolling bluffs. They want to ban the sale and public use of balloons to curtail the risk of, now this isn't global warming for a change, they want to curtail the risk of devastating wildfires. Scott, you used to live out there with those people. Back when you were in love with Obama? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it was after that, but yeah. Okay. Um, how do balloons... I was just pondering that. Um, I'm not coming up with any. I assumed this was going to be because the fish were eating them or the turtles were eating no. them or something. No. Nope. I'm trying to put that. I can't put that nope. together. You'll have, to, you'll have to enlighten me. I don't know. I don't know how balloons are a fire hazard and create wildfires. I don't either. I mean, it's not like there would be such a huge concentration of popped rubber balloons in the forest that it would... I have no idea. You got some for us, Jason? You look like you know. You know, I'm thinking about it. So let's say the balloon pops, and it has all this electronic equipment. So it gets caught up in the tree, and maybe uh, the electronics could spark a fire with the I tree. I talking about just regular balloons. balloons. Just a, just regular, like, just not like the red. commie balloons. Just no. regular old balloons. Your birthday balloons. Here's a here's some balloons to celebrate your birthday. May, oh, I got one possible explanation. If Please, it's, if help it's, me. If it's the foil balloons, maybe it... Focuses the sun on on dried pine needles, and it could start a fire. That's the only thing I can come up with. California. Meanwhile, Gavin Newsom, another clear sign that he's running for president. Uh, Gavin, Gavin Newsom has organized 20 governors, the 20 Democrat governors. They are launching a new network. No, not a TV network. It's a network to strengthen abortion access in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court decision nixing a woman's constitutional right. It is not a constitutional right if it has been overturned. That's according to the AP. Nixing a woman's constitutional right to end a pregnancy and instead shifting regulatory power over the procedure to state governments. The Reproductive Freedom Alliance. Yeah. Amazing. Joe Biden has challenged Mr. Putin 
He's over in Poland, and he's calling on Vlad to end the war in the Ukraine. I'm sure Vlad is listening to Joe. Say, sure, Joe. Yeah, whatever you want, Joe. Sure. Right. I'll do it. Meanwhile, Vladimir Putin has sort of indicated that he's pulling back from the start uh, a, a treaty. And so the people that are concerned about nuclear proliferation are worried. This is not good. Also, news out of California. Some California drivers can expect to get hit. Nasty car insurance scheduled to go through the roof. Already paying the highest gas prices in the land. Might as well put the car insurance right there with it. Meanwhile, he's running around talking about let's have more abortions and let's kill the balloons in California along with the straws and everything else. You can start a fire with a water balloon. I've just been... I don't know how that that affects anything, but you can you can start leaning like a magnifying glass. So you can you know when you're a kid, you can fry ants. You probably never did that because you're a respectable guy. <clears throat> you can take a water balloon and it'll focus the sun's energy. And Scott, you used to fry ants with. I didn't balloons. know. I know, but I had friends that that. Uh, oh, your friends did it. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't do it. My friends did it. You used to fry ants with balloons. I never did, but I know you. I did, did just not. Uh, it seems familiar. You can start a fire with a water balloon. I don't think an air balloon, but I think if you fill it with water, you can. it acts like a magnifying glass. Okay, then. Your transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, has weighed in on rail calamities. He says, Mr. Buttigieg does, that profit and expediency must never, never outweigh the safety of the American people. We at the U.S. Department of Transportation are doing everything in our power to improve rail safety. And we insist that the rail industry do the same while inviting Congress to work with us to raise the bar. This is such bully. This is a guy... Is Palestine, what was Pete Buttigieg doing when we had this massive train derailment, toxins spilling everywhere? Pete Buttigieg was talking about the fact that there are too many white people working at construction sites. And now all of a sudden, profit and expediency? must never outweigh the safety of the American people. We're doing everything in our power. You've done nothing. And then he tried to blame Trump. This guy, you know, up until this scandal, there were stories every week about how Pete should be the next president. Pete's the best thing he's got. Pete is the young Democrat to turn to. We have an answer to the question. Let's get it. Daniel in Brewster on WABC Talk Radio 77. Daniel, you say you know the answer about balloons? Well, it was so funny uh, when you when you were talking about this just, just a few minutes ago. So I quickly asked Siri if, if uh, helium was flammable, and she basically told me the opposite, that it's a fire retardant. So... It would benefit the people of California to have many helium balloons uh, in the event of a wildfire. They would just explode and uh, and uh, and uh, put the fire out as they would land. So I thought it was a little funny. Wow. 
All the more reason why we don't know where California is coming from. But then again, we haven't known that for decades. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, it is Bo Snurley's Rush Hour here on WABC. Coming back, more of your calls straight ahead. Do not go away. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly. Goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. Rush. Now, here's Bo Snurdly. WABC Talk Radio 77. Still trying to figure out the definitions of things. My good friend Jim Robinson sent me a text. Be careful nobody answers those definitions. I don't understand. They're teaching these things to children in Florida. And liberals are complaining that Republicans are terrible people because they want to talk about all this woke stuff. What could be so bad? I mean, what am I missing here? Things like they want to teach children about rimming, whatever that is. They want to teach children about strap-ons. And I forgot, what were those other things that they said? These are in the books. In other words, you can go, if you're a child in Florida, you can go in your school library, check out books, and learn all about these things. So here I am, a grown adult on the radio. I don't know what this stuff is they're talking about. But what could possibly, what could possibly be so bad if they're teaching it to children? I don't get it. I mean, Scott, didn't you didn't you have this kind of education when you were in? <laughs> no, we didn't. Uh, we didn't talk about those things. No, Ryan, you're a youngster. You're a you're a, you're a young. I'm still a young man. He's a young man. He's got all his hair. He's like chipper looking and happy. He doesn't know what awaits him yet in life. What did you learn in school about? Did did they teach you these things in school? Honestly, no, they did not. Although for some classes I might have fallen asleep for, but no, I remember they did not teach me that stuff. I think you would have woken up for that. Well, maybe. <laughs> Jason, you're young. You went to school fairly recently, a lot more recent than I. You had sex ed in school, didn't you? Nothing like this, and it's just like a little what? bit. In, uh, like just, what? You're confusing me. All, all these words you that you're throwing me. out here. Probably, I think, in fifth grade, they gave us a little introduction. They gave you an introduction, but nothing like these words. No, nah, it was a little so, cartoon. So, so, let me see if I understand this right. And I'm getting more warnings from people. Do not talk about this stuff on the air. Stop talking about this. This is... Okay, you people must know something that I don't know, and I'd like to know how you know it. I'd like to know what you're doing that you know these things. But I don't know these things, and 
You're telling me that if I talk about them on the air, I'm risking my livelihood, that it's also not the kind of program that we do here, but yet it's in the schools. Again, I refer you to what just the story I did out of Baltimore this past week. 2,000 children tested. Not one of the 2,000, not one of the 2,000 could perform grade-level mathematics. Do we know when the study on whether or not they can identify scissoring comes out? Is that, do we have those results? I don't know. Well, it, I, this is education in America, I guess. And I don't have an answer to these things. Meanwhile, let us head back to the telephones. Why don't we? Bill in Huntington, Long Island. How are you, Bill? Okay. I want to ask you about this Corrine Jean-Pierre, okay? In my understanding, she was appointed because she's a minority something, something, something. Now, she's been there about 11 months, I think. Isn't it about time they traded her in for a minority something else, something, something? How dare you? Bill, how dare you? How insensitive. Corrine Jean-Pierre is a historic figure. She is the first um, um, black woman in America who also happens to uh, have a same-sex partner to be the White House spokesperson. Now, in all of the years that we have been here as a country, we have never had a black woman who also happens to have a, a similar sex person as the spokesperson. And here you are, this shining moment of inclusivity this shining moment that shows America is truly a diverse nation and you want to trade her in. I just don't understand. I mean, I could understand if you were saying that it's about competence and she's incompetent, but no one questions if she's competent because clearly we all know the answer to that. I just don't get it. There's, there, there must be a Native American dwarf somewhere. Doesn't he get a chance? Now, see, there we go. Just being sarcastic. We're just spiraling down with all of this. Look, pal, this is America, and these are the Democrats, and they have to be inclusive. And, and, and if you're expecting competency, if you're expecting that there will be anything other than what we're getting, you're wrong. And I'm just so ashamed that you would bring up this topic on this program because we here support inclusivity. Tony in New Jersey, how are you? Okay, James, how are you? Uh, This is not the first time about the balloons coming home, America. Uh, I read many years ago about the Japanese at the end of World War II, was sending hundreds of balloons over uh, to America, hoping to start forest fires. So uh, this is not the first time we've had surprises from Asia. So uh, that's all I had to say. Well, thank you, but I don't. I still don't get it. If you're just joining us, California is now the city of Laguna, Laguna in California. They want to ban balloons. And they want to ban balloons because they they say they contribute to forest fires. I don't understand the 
connection at all. Bobby, on the Upper West Side of New York, how are you, Bobby? Yo, so so do you you remember that jazz club where the musicians went? It was called the Possible Twenty. It was named after what? What about it? I saw you there. I I knew who you were from uh, the whole radio. The whole radio people hangouts. You and, never um, saw me at that club because I have never been to this club. I've never heard of it. And I do tw- not know where this is going, but whatever it's going, my friend, you just got derailed. Thank you for the call. Let us go to Mary in Orange County. How are you, Mary? I am great. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, so I'm wondering about these balloons. Did they specify whether it's balloons or are it, uh, the lanterns that they light up underneath and and let them take off over the? No, uh, California Laguna City is now saying they want to ban mm-hmm. balloons, the regular kind of balloons that you get for your birthday or whatever, whatever. They want to ban balloons because, and this is all the information I have. I don't know. They didn't specify the lanterns. They said balloons, plastic balloons. They want to ban them because of the threat of forest fires, which makes absolutely zero sense to me. But every week in California, it's another ban on something else. So (laughs) there you go. Yep. Well, thank you. I just thought I'd throw that out there because that's the only thing I can think of that would start a fire. I think we're all stumped by this one. But I'm sure within the next day or two, somebody with knowledge of how balloons can start forest fires will let us know. California, folks. And let me just say this about these stories about Democrats pouncing on us, on Republicans, over this woke business. Woke is a winning issue and Republicans fear not Sarah Huckabee Sanders put it very nicely it used to be right or wrong now the choice is between normal and crazy on that happy note let me wish you a very great evening may God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families we'll be back tomorrow for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour At four. See you then. Bye.